Well, this morning, it's my privilege to bring the word, and I first of all want to honor again the senior ministers of Christian International who are here, our uh, amazing Greg and Julie Bailey, they're here, and I think it's their first week not ministering on their holidays, so even on their holidays, they usually uh, are ministering in different places, so uh, it's good for them to, to be here, and it's an honor to have them here as always, Sit, sitting under, <laughs> the, yep, that's it, it's all cool. <laughs> So we are, we are, we've got reverb there, cool, excellent. We are excited, this is the second Sunday of the year, and I want to bring a word called blueprint, and it's a very specific word around what I believe God wants to inject into our hearts this morning, some keys around this year, and how we're to position ourselves. Uh, this word is not just for us as a church, but it's also for your families, it's for your marriages, uh, it's for your workplace calling, and uh, it's also for uh, yourself and how you relate to other people and how you're going to partner with God to move forward and do what He's called you to do in 2018. Before I start, I wanted to share something with you, and that is more and more as I progress in life, uh, I've learned that sometimes in a year we can overestimate what we can achieve. But in 10 years, we can underestimate what we achieve. And what I'd like to do is to start this particular service this morning by encouraging you that remember when we talk about a new year and you're setting goals or you're focusing on, you know, getting uh, in the presence of God and the Word of God to get fresh direction from our Father God, be encouraged to know this, that sometimes it's wiser not just to think year and year and year increments, but actually think in 10 years. Think generationally, think seasonally as well. Uh, because sometimes we can set ourselves up for disappointment because we're trying to plug so many things we want to achieve into one season. Understand that there will be certain things that God will cause you to focus on in this season, but it won't be a goal that's necessarily about starting and finishing in the one 12 months. It may be a goal, for example, you may be called to start to finish something that you started two years ago in this year. Or you may, be, you may be called to start something in this year that you may finish in two years' time behind this year. So I want to encourage you as we start, and we're looking, you know, the month of January is a great month to talk about initiatives and getting in the presence of God and setting the direction for the year individually, corporately. But let's apply wisdom to the fact that God doesn't necessarily just plant seeds or goals in our heart that are just to be completed or started within a 12-month period. Who believes that? Come on now. And I think sometimes in the social media life that we live in, uh, there's always this attraction to the quick fix. But we know that if we want to really see quality outcomes, it's not necessarily always going to manifest in the 12-month calendar year from January 1 to December 31, 2018. Who believes that? So it's knowing that we worship a God of seasons and, and understanding the times and the seasons that we live in. And I believe that this uh, is a word to help us to appropriate all of that as we come into a brand new exciting year. So I want to start in the book of Genesis this morning. If you've got your Bibles, uh, if you can turn to Genesis, the first book of the Bible, chapter 11, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 9. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. So I'm going to read this uh, part of Scripture here. So it says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Verse 2, And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said in verse 4, Come, 
Let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Interesting. Verse 7. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Now we know in this particular story, if you've read this before, it's alluding to the Tower of Babel. And we know that it's talking about that, you know, uh, God actually uh, created different languages to scatter uh, the people so that there was more confusion and they could unite because they couldn't all understand each other. And that meant that they no longer could build their own empire and obviously f- start to, to really get into idol worship or worshiping their own goals and their own ambitions. This message is not about having the wrong goals or having wrong ambitions. Okay, you may think, oh, is this where it's going? That's not where it's going today. What I want to do is I want to look at a principle of how when we actually get into agreement and when we actually unite and we actually have a melody of what I call amen. So when we actually, in different areas of our life, when it comes to our family, when it comes to our marriages, when it comes to our church life, when it comes to our workplace, if we can apply the principle of actually coming together and actually joining together, then God literally declares in two different angles and two different ways, he says, and he declares before us today that nothing is impossible. So I want to look at these two angles because in this scripture that we just looked at, let's start with this. There's two particular groups that this scripture is referring to. The first group is a group of people. Everyone say people. And in verse three of Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9, if we look at verse 3, these group of people say, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Come, let us. Everyone repeat that after me. Come, let us. Let's do it again. Come, let us. Because those are the three words that we're going to repeat a lot today in this message to really anchor on this. So you've got this first group and they're saying, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They've, they've united, they're saying, come, let us do this. And what's interesting is there is a second group of people. So the first group of people are human beings. The second group of people is actually God, but it's the Trinity. And the second group is in verse 7. This is actually God observing this group of humans. And God says, come, let us go down. And it's actually the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit talking to one another, saying, come, let us go and do this. Now, what's interesting is why are they doing that? Well, first of all, God, the Trinity, makes an observation about the first group of people that actually should get our attention. Everyone say attention. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is about to get my attention. And this is the thing that we should get that should get our attention is in verse 6. Verse 6 says about these particular people. Verse 6 is commenting on God's opinion or reflection about this first group of people. 
Verse 6 says about these people, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. So what God is actually saying is, these people who've declared themselves, come, let us unite, let us go down and do this. Come, let us. God says, because they're united, they are powerful. Because they're, they're behind one goal or one vision, and they're not disputing amongst themselves, because they've declared, come, let us, they are powerful and nothing can stop them. Verse 7, saying amongst the Trinity, so this is where now God is talking to himself in Trinity form, come let us, and who knows that nothing is impossible for God. So we've got these two examples of two groups. We've got a group of human beings who declare, before they walk out and step out into something, they declare, come let us. And God says, wow, they've just said, come let us, and they're going forth, nothing's going to stop them. And then God, obviously, talks to himself and sees this, and he says, to himself in Trinity form, come let us. And we know that nothing is impossible for God. And so there are two groups who use the same three words. And we know that both groups who are using both words, the observation is that nothing is impossible. So what we know here is that these three words, it's not just three words, it's not just a sentence, it's not just a couple of words. But there's something about these three words that I believe will unlock a blueprint for you and I in 2018. Because what we find when we're going to investigate these three words is we find the blueprint, we find the key to limitless potential. And I know that Julie's, one of your words for 2018 is the word limitless. Am I right? And I didn't even realize until this morning when I was going over these nights, I'm like, I'm sure Julie Bailey has got limitless in her focus for 2018 and her prophetic uh, insight into 2018. Limitless potential, limitless possibility. Come, let us. And let's, let's start to really study this. First of all, everyone say, come, let us. Come, let us. One more time, come let, us. come, let us. So let's now go to another part of Scripture in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. Have we got that, AV team? Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. I'll start it off and hopefully we can get up. There we go. Thanks, guys. Then I said to them, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. So what's happened is, is that there's been a situation declared upon Jerusalem that the walls and the city, in fact, it had been declared over the city at this particular time in the period of, of that the Bible's recording here, that people actually said that Jerusalem will never be restored to its former glory, that the walls are in ruin, that nothing is going to be able to turn around the situation of Jerusalem. It's hopeless. Who here has ever felt themselves or had anyone else declare over the situation in their life that it's not going to be restored, that where it's at, you can't wish for more, it's not going to turn around, it's hopeless? Who's ever had that? Just wave at me. If you've ever had that or felt that or heard that being spoken over some area of your life. Well, this is the same thing in Nehemiah. The situation was bleak. And Jerusalem was in ruins. And people are declared, you'll never rebuild Jerusalem. It will never amount to much. It will never regain its former glory. But you know what? 
the Bible records that they finished rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem in miraculous time. And there's a commonality in phrase. Something that can turn something that's unlikely into the probable. And the, the start of them launching into this teamwork together is come, let us. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Can I tell you that there's something in these three words that will unlock potential? We're going to, again, unravel the mystery in a moment. You're probably sitting there going, come on, Pastor Brad, they're just three words. Like, are we just going to focus on these three words? Is this, is this all it is? Well, we're going to unlock it in a minute. But can I tell you, don't underestimate in a moment while we look at these three words how it, it directly is going to address how you position your heart, how you position your mind, how you position your attitude in life, individually, corporately, in teams, whether that's in church, marriages, families, workplace. Come, let us. Come, let us. Can I tell you that those three words illustrate a spirit? They define and they decree an attitude, a heartbeat, that can put possibility back into a church that can put possibility back into a marriage, that can put possibility back into a household, that can put possibility back into a workplace, that can put possibility back into a community, that can put possibility back into a business, that can put possibility back into a nation, that can put possibility back into a government. Come, let us. So let's shout that out. Come, let us. Again, come, let us. One more time, come, let us. Isn't it good to get a little bit fired up every now and then? I believe God wants to speak this into our hearts this morning. To say you don't have to accept second best for your future. You don't have to accept second best. You can refuse to live in the ruins. That there is greater glory in the future. That if anything or anyone has spoken, this situation will not be restored. It can't be turned around. We'll take a hold by faith this morning, the illustration of Nehemiah and the ruined walls of Jerusalem. People were declaring that, and yet he, through his leadership, through the right attitude, through the spirit of unity, through the spirit of, of partnership, he said he gathered the people who had enough faith and said, come, let us turn this situation around. And as we saw in Genesis, there's something about these three words that illustrates a spirit, a spirit that God says, these th- these, this group of people ha- are going off to build something and they've said, come, let us. Nothing can stop them. Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father, come, let us. Nothing is impossible for God. Nehemiah, gather the people in a desperate situation, in a hopeless situation. Come, let us. And the impossible happened. Another example, let's go to 1 Samuel 14, 6 to 7 this morning. Again, if you're turning there, 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 6 to 7, to further unlock this blueprint. It says, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. What's interesting is a little little example there of of kind of biblical trash talk. You know how people in gangs trash talk each other? (laughs) 
they were kind of trash talking this uncircumcised person. You know, back then that's probably a one way to really insult you. Un- I mean, we know that they did that to uh, the giant, right? The Philistine, you uncircumcised Philistine. But I think that's how you would really kind of trash talk someone. You uncircumcised. Who are you? Little side note. But Jonathan, in this particular part in Samuel, he won a great victory for the nation of Israel based on this. But it began again with something looking impossible. The Philistine army was so massive. It was so intimidating. And yet there was chatter and talk among they're too big, they're too grand, they're too skilled. We can't, we're not going to be able to penetrate it, it, the size of the, the Philistine army. Everyone say, but. But the response was an attitude of unity, of coming together, of working together. The attitude of spirit, come, let us, led to nothing Im- led to something that seemed impossible being possible. It was that attitude of come let us, come let us, come let us. The armor bearer in this particular part of the story played a key role. When he said, do all that is in your heart. Watch this. The armor bearer was a support role to Jonathan. And he declared, Jonathan, what's in your heart? The vision, the goal, the mission. Do it. Go for it. I'm applauding. I'm behind. I'm encouraging. I'm not sneering. I'm not criticizing. I'm not talking it down. I'm not saying to my buddy, yeah, whatever, that's not going to happen. I'm saying go for it. The armor bearer had this come let us attitude towards Jonathan. Jonathan had this come let us attitude towards the armor bearer because he wanted to gather people and rally people together to be united. And so the armor bearer played a key role when he said, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you, according to your heart. It was a spirit of, come, let us. When a community of believers, when a husband and a wife, when a family, when a business team, when a community team, when a team in government, when they have a spirit that says, I'm not going to be a problem identifier, I'm going to be a problem solver. Come on, that's what, if we want to unlock what does this come let us spirit look like, it means that a group of people, whether it's two or it's more gathered together, when they have an attitude that we're going to be problem solvers, not just problem talkers. We're going to be problem overcomers, not just problem uh, identifiers. Come on now, we're not just going to be nitpicking, calling out what's not great, calling out what's not working perfectly, but we're going to be people who identify situations and say, hey, come let us, let's work together, let's solve this situation. See, when anyone links their destiny to God and says with the spirit and the attitude in the heart, come let us, God wants to unlock something here today. Come let us. Let's unlock that mystery. I promised I would. The word come in Hebrew, C-O-M-E, that word in Hebrew means to give and it also means to bring. So when you say, come let us, When you look at all those different examples, those Old Testament examples that said, come let us, let's unravel more. What does that mean? They were saying, not just, oh, I just want to come along or, hey, why don't we just start all walking in the same direction? 
No, no, it was, it's a lot deeper than that. It's a lot more powerful than that. They're actually saying, I'm going to give my time and I'm going to bring my gift and I'm on board and we're going to do this because God is calling us to unite for a community, for a region, for a city, for a project, for an outcome, for a miraculous breakthrough, whatever it is that God's calling us to do. I'm not just going to come along. I'm going to come and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, give my time and I'm going to bring my gift and I'm on board. Come, let us. It's a spirit. See, if your default response to a call to unite is, oh, do I get you know, something about this? It's if, a, if it's a passive kind of... Come let us. Ah! Come, let us. The one person in the New Testament can bring a fillet of fish. Not obviously an actual fillet of fish, but you know, there's people who know McDonald's has fillet of fish. Let's just go with that analogy. It creates a bit of interest here. You can picture the fillet of fish in your head. One person, if one person can bring a fillet of fish and bring what they have in the Bible... And God can pour out his favor on it. And then there are baskets and baskets and baskets and baskets of fillet fishes or fish. They can feed thousands and yet there's still baskets left over. Come on. When someone can bring what they have with an attitude of come let us, then God is able to pour the miraculous on it. Come on now. And possibilities become limitless. Miracles become possible. You know, it's interesting how sometimes it just takes the atmosphere of your heart that has to shift first. That song, I feel something is breaking. Come on, there was an atmosphere that was elevating us to arise our thinking, to arise our attitude, to arise our heartbeat beyond circumstances and maybe setbacks or limitations of the previous year, of the past. Something is shifting. Something is breaking. Can you feel it? Can I tell you that experiments in science fascinate me? When you look at how the Word of God can actually be proven through scientific experiments, where they take a group of people. Come on, we're talking about come let us, gathering together with an attitude of unity. And it's not just in church, it's in all areas of your life. But they've taken groups of people who've gotten together, who've spoken about being together, being in agreement, being positive, talking about faith. And they've filled this room, and in this room they have a see-through glass with water. And all they've gotten the people to do is just speak faith, speak positivity, speak can do, we can do this, speak words of life to each other, fill the room with an atmosphere of encouragement, an atmosphere of can do, an attitude like come let us. And then in the same hour, they've had another room in the opposite side of the building in this experiment with the same amount of people, but a different group who were instructed to do the opposite, to speak defeat to speak frustration, to speak discord, to speak disappointment, to speak setback, to speak why it can't be done, how it won't happen, why it's not going to happen. And all they had to do in the midst of, again, this see-through glass jar with water was speak out all of these things that were in opposition to this thing called come let us. And the end of the experiment is they took the two glasses from the positive room and the negative room And they froze them. 
And then under a microscope, they studied. They studied the water that was in ice form and the, the crystals of the ice. And can I tell you what was fascinating? I mean, you can look, look this up on YouTube. But the one... Let's go over here first. We end with a positive amen. The one that was in that room of negativity, that was in that room of it's all not possible, being defined by their experiences, being defined by their setbacks. The crystals of the frozen water was like what you would visually expect when you hear chords on a piano that are not in harmony, that are discords. What would you imagine an ice... Uh, or ice to look like. It was all fragmented. It was all kind of zigs and zags and looking. But the opposite, under a microscope, was like beautiful artwork, like snowflakes that were kind of flowing together. It was just this amazing, amazing difference. It was like an artist had just created this. It was unified. It was symmetrical. It was just beautiful. Do not underestimate. These are not just three words. They represent a blueprint to the spirit and the attitude and the atmosphere that you and I can choose to carry, to live in, to dwell in, to think in, to operate in, to have our marriage in, to have our families in, to participate in church in, to do projects in our workplaces in. Come on. The beauty is, is that the grace of God says that you're not perfect, so we're covered by the blood. There's going to be moments where you drop the ball and you don't necessarily represent a come let us attitude. Glory to God that we can be imperfect because Jesus is perfect on our behalf. Amen. But the key here is, God's saying just because you won't always line up to a great blueprint doesn't mean you shouldn't take a hold of it and run with it as best as you can with the power and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. That's why we part with the Holy Spirit so He can call us out and have a bit of a mentoring session over tea and coffee and say, hey, you're not really aligned to the blueprint this week. Let's get back on alignment. And through your humility, you go, thank you, Jesus. You're saying that because they love me. Thank you, Lord. Because you want me to experience the manifestation outcomes that the blueprint was designed to give me. Come, let us. You know what I love about that illustration of the, the fish and the baskets, that miracle of provision in the New Testament, is that it, it, it's about taking someone taking what they had, taking a bit and adding it to a bit of others. And that the sum total of all those united parts was greater than the sum total of those parts individually. So to illustrate that even further, let's look at this last example, this New Testament example now on Matthew 18, 19. Matthew 18, 19. It says again, Truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree, everyone say agree, Two of you agree on earth, or if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. The power of agreement. Agreement 
Partnership. Partnership with the Word. Partnership with God. Partnership with the people of God. Partnership with the promises of God. Partnership with your husband. Partnership with your wife. Partnership with your children. Partnership with your local church. Partnership with your mentor. Partnership with your leaders. Partnership with your workplace. Partnership. Partnership. Covenant. Agreement. Relationship. The power of agreement. Now, what I love about this New Testament example, we're going to go to the Greek now, where it says here in this scripture, if we can leave it up for a second, that word agree, if we can hone in on that word agree. The word agree in the Greek word is pronounced this, symphonia. Symphonia is the Greek word for agree. And that word in the English is translated to symphony. Where's my amazing friend Shinata? Hey, Shinata, do you want to come on up? We're going to get you on the keys just to illustrate this. Who loves Shinata's new hair? Woo! We love you, Shinata. So Shinata's going to come up, and we're going to illustrate what I call the melody of amen. The melody of agreement. The harmony of unity. The harmony of come let us. Because I believe that God this morning is saying this, before you, I am pouring out a new spirit. I'm pouring out a fresh thing. The music team were picking up in their prayer this morning. I'm pouring out a come let us spirit. Okay. So at the moment, you're playing a melody or a harmony. One of those words that sounds nice. I'm not musical. Jason's already laughing. <laughs> He's probably thinking two words. Try hard. I am trying hard to make sense because I'm not musical. So give me grace for those people who are musically educated. Amen. But isn't it sounding nice? Because all the notes that Shanana's individual f- fingers are playing are flowing together in unity. They're working together. One's not trying to say, look at me, listen to me. It's all about me, 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 me. They're all respecting and honoring each other's position. Listen to it. That's what unity sounds like. The sound of unity to to God is beautiful because it gives Him glory. But not only that, it's the key It's the blueprint that enables him to command a blessing. Not just in church life, but in your home. You know, even in your mind, God wants to command a blessing. There's so so much double-mindedness, confusion, chaos, and even people's inner mind these days. But God declares, I've given you the mind of Christ. When your mind agrees with the word of God, when you think in in alignment to the word of God, this is what your thought life starts to feel like. And we know that all things of life flow out of the heart of man. Relationships, projects, goals, 
everything you put your hand and mind to. Now let's uh, just, just kind of muck it up. Oh. Give, you, give yourself permission to muck it up even more. Have <laughs> you ever been to a... <laughs> that sounds like me singing at home. Not quite high pitch, but Sarah and Zara, even Savannah kind of squirms when I start singing. But you ever been to a music event or even maybe you've been to a worship experience, some of the musos will laugh at this, and you're just like, oh yeah, the presence of God. And then the musos or one person just does a Doesn't it create a distraction? I think one of the biggest reasons to distraction is double-mindedness. And I think sometimes the biggest cause of distraction in an atmosphere or a team or community is when maybe people are choosing to just focus on their own thing, their own agenda. Not respecting or honoring the positions and the contribution of others around them. And it kind of feels a bit off. You can sense it. You can feel it in the atmosphere. And then people can't really connect. It diminishes trust. And then people can't work as closely together as God had designed them for whatever type of project or situation or outcome. And then the level of possibility that God wants to make limitless then becomes limited. What's interesting is you can take all of the the song and the keys and just put one wrong finger in. And even though it's just one, the kind of the whole thing is ruined. There you go. I want you to think about this. When any group of people have a spirit about what's the opposite to this blueprint come let us when we choose to have an individualistic spirit a clinging to my own deal my own thing my own agenda and it's just about me and what I'm focusing on with no sense of understanding about the bigger picture or maybe it's just resisting to what God can do just choosing to be resisting to what God's doing, something new, something fresh. This morning, God's saying, hey, I'm releasing a new spirit. I'm releasing a fresh spirit. Declared before you, come let us. A spirit that says, I'm going to give of my time. I'm going to bring my gift. I'm going to contribute a portion of me to join it to a greater good. We're not going to sit down, but we're going to rise up together. We're not going to back down. We're going to stand up together. Come let us. Come let us. Come let us. That spirit, that attitude, that mindset. As we finish this morning, we're going to pray in a moment as God releases this new, fresh atmosphere. We're just going to just soak it in for a moment as we finish today. But... uh. God gave this to me to finish off. He said, you know, 
that whole scripture about unity commands a blessing. And uh, the word, even though I've been hammering in today, come let us. I want you to not forget that. Everyone say it again, come let us. But I hear God saying that he wants to give you a key word for 2018 attached to this message. And the word is partnership. I hear God saying that he's going to open new alliances. He's going to open new revelation of being people who embrace partnership, partnering, partnering with your church, partnering with your leaders, partnering with the person that you're married with, partnering with your children, partnering with that workplace, partnering with your bosses, coming into partnership. And I heard God say that he's going to unlock things through this revelation of partnership. God says, I'm going to unlock power through your revelation and your activation of partnership. God says, I'm going to unlock provision through your activation of partnership. God says, I'm going to unlock profit through your activation of partnership. I'm also going to unlock promotion. I'm going to unlock protection. I'm going to unlock purpose. I'm going to unlock position. I'm going to unlock prosperity. I'm going to unlock positivity. I'm going to unlock permission. I'm going to unlock passion. I'm going to unlock possession. I'm going to unlock possibility. I'm going to unlock potential. I'm going to unlock precision, says God, as you look for opportunities to partner with me and to partner with other people that I guide you to, says God. Let's stand in this place. Let's position ourselves just to to receive. Wherever you are, you can close your eyes, raise your hands, your hands by the side, whatever you feel to do. What we're going to do, like that experiment to finish off, don't underestimate the power of words that it builds an atmosphere and in that atmosphere is transaction that you can receive things you can receive something of the spirit this morning as we pray father we declare in this house we declare father that a new day a new spirit is being released in this hour for such a time as this We thank you, God, that you're not a God of just yesterday, but you're a God of tomorrow, and you're a God of the future. You're a God of eternity. You're beyond time. God, you're always moving. You're always doing a new thing. We declare this morning that you're releasing, Father, Lord, a new heartbeat. Lord, a new spirit. Father, a fresh attitude of our mind, Lord. Lord, come let us. Come let us unite behind you. Come let us unite behind the banner of Jesus. I declare this morning, Father, Lord, there be a transaction here in this house. Lord, there be a transaction, Father, Lord, of a new heartbeat. Lord, we then lay, lay aside the things of yesterday and say, God, we say, come let us. Lord, that we are going to bring of our gift. We're going to give of our time and we're going to partner with you. We're going to partner with others and we declare, Lord, that atmosphere of come let us. Lord, let it resonate in our homes. Let it resonate in our families. Let it 
flow through our marriages. Let it flow through our workplaces. Let it flow through our community. Lord, let us be ambassadors and carriers of the come, let us spirit. Let us carry this spirit. Let us carry this anointing. Let us carry this particular focus in our heart right now. We are people of unity. We are people of agreement. We are people of passion. We are people of partnership, Jesus, right now in your mighty name. Pour out. Holy Spirit, be the vehicle. Be the carrier to, Lord, bring a transaction, Father. I thank you, Lord, right now you're releasing, you're releasing, you're releasing this blueprint right now. You're releasing this anointing. You're releasing this spirit in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Now let's just do this. Just grab the hands of the person to the left and right. It's okay if they're a bit sweaty. Just means we're doing work. Amen. What we're going to do is we're going to supercharge a moment of prayer together. I hear God saying that He's literally like an electricity generator. As we're united physically, but also spiritually, He's going to turn over the Spirit in this place. And He's going to actually just bring a fresh wind of power. If you want to pray in tongues, if you know how to do that, if you want to pray in English, if you want to pray in your own language that's not English, whatever you feel to do. But let's pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost, we thank you for a power to be generated, for a spirit of unity. We thank you, Father. Lord, where there's been any sense of discord in any area of our lives, we push against that. We push it out right now. And we thank you, Lord, that we're a people of one mind. We have an attitude of come, let us. We declare by faith, Father, Lord, that you're stirring the engine room of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And we declare, Father, Lord, that your power, Lord, is releasing new things. Lord, you're releasing a download of this blueprint. Come, let us. Come, let us this year. Come, let us gather together. Come, let us unite together. Come, let us walk together. Come, let us pray together. Come, let us fellowship together. Come, let us break through together. Come, let us walk into the promises together. Come, let us see healing together. Come, let us worship together. Come, let us declare together. Come, let us decree together. In the name of Jesus, we declare you're going to command your blessing because we're a people united under the name of Jesus, the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. We declare you're worthy. You're worthy of all praise and we put our trust in you because we are going to say to you Lord come let us come let us come on come let us come let us in Jesus in Jesus mighty name let's give him some praise let's keep that drums going Josh let's keep that going All right. Who feels like God's doing something here this morning? That's it. Let's keep that clap going. You got a song to sing? All right, what are we going to do? Leroy, brother Leroy, can you move this? Let's keep that clap going. One heart, one mind. Of one accord. One accord, not discord. One accord. All right. Is there anyone here who believes that God wants us to be happy in His presence? Full of joy. 
All right, so let's do this. Let's get out of our seats. Let's come to the front. Let's feel this front. Right to the side. Come quickly. Come out of your seats. And let's finish off by worshiping the Lord this morning. Beautiful year, 2018. Come, let us be united. Under the beautiful name of Jesus. All right, let's worship together. You ready, team? Here we go. All right. Thank you.